Prophecy Club. I've not played the audio of a DVD on Prophecy Club for a long time, but this one, this one is different. This one you need to hear because it's talking about Scalar Wave. So here's the story. Back in 2005, I invited Bill Snevlin, an extremely good speaker, to come in and explain Scalar Wave. He made a DVD, very popular, I might add, called Russia's Secret Weapons to Defeat America. In this DVD, and yes, you can get the DVD, the physical disc, from prophecyclub.com, or you can go watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com, 20 bucks a month or $200 a year. It is important for you to have the disc, but also it's very, very nice to be able to go and watch it, all of it, see all of the things he's talking about because it's a video at watchprophecyclub.com. But anyway, Bill reveals technology the Russians have that can knock out anything on the land, on the sea, under the sea, in the air, any place on the globe with little to almost no trace of who did it or how it was done. Scalar Wave renders all conventional weapons of war obsolete against these Soviet energetics weapons. Scalar Waves has changed how war is conducted. See, scalar wave does not travel like radar from point A to point B. It is interdimensional. It leaves point A and arrives at point C without any trace. It is believed to be what took out the Thresher submarine and the Challenger. It is also believed to be able to kill large amounts of, say, birds literally in flight. Before they hit the ground, they're dead, and fish in the water simply float to the top of the water and no trace or cause. It leaves no trace except the birds leave the area. That's the only thing that they can tell when scalar wave is being used. It is also believed to be what took out Gary Powers in the U-2 spy plane over Russia back in the 1960s. He says that they can make, no, listen to this. You talk about the big cold snap that hit Texas and also the big heat wave and also the fires out in the West. Yeah, here it is. With scalar wave, they can make large portions of the atmosphere very, very cold, creating massive cold storms, or very, very hot, creating superheat, creating massive droughts or heat waves, just like what we see in the West right now. It is believed that they can create sparks out of thin air. Yes, start the fires. And of course, perhaps you've seen pictures of where the car was melted even the tires burned and the aluminum wheels melted, but the tree right beside the car wasn't even burnt. How do you explain that? Scalar wave. It is suspected to be the cause of many of the superheat and super cold storms across America over the last 20 years. It is the perfect weapon because it can't be proven even how it was caused. It can act like an umbrella protecting an entire city or an entire country from all incoming attacks of war from either air or water, missile, airplane, you name it. Now, we're going to go listen to the audio of Russia's Secret Weapons to Defeat America by Bill Sneblin, recorded in 2005, available at prophecyclub.com in disc or watchprophecyclub.com immediately. Bill Sneblin. And the letter T means time. So what this is saying is, is the energy released by scalar weapons 
is the change in time times the speed of light squared. So the compression in time times the speed of light squared, and that releases just incredible energy. Now, people ask, what do actual scientists here in the, in the United States understand about this? Well, some of them know something about it, but most of them don't. Either it's outside of their frame of reference, or they're, they're thinking inside of this little box, and they're not willing to think outside of the box. While I was on tour with this talk, I had a lady come up to me and say her daughter was just finishing up her Ph.D. in quantum physics at a very prestigious California university. I won't name the university. She asked her about this stuff, and her daughter says, oh, that's impossible. It can't happen. That's totally impossible. She offered to give her, and her daughter's only like 25 years old. You know, and, you know usually you think younger people are, you know, are open to new ideas. She handed her this book, said, would you read this book? She says, no. I don't even want to see it. That doesn't even exist. So again, remember, science is often just like a cult. If it's outside of what they believe, they don't want to know about it. So science in this country, the Defense Department knows about some not what are called non-conventional weapons. They know about lasers. Of course, big deal, lasers have been around like forever. We had lasers when I was in high school, for heaven's sakes. We have particle beam weapons. Again, big woo, you know. But most of us have totally missed the boat about this not-so-new weapons technology, which has been around since the 1960s. Recently, well, <laughs> relatively recently, 1997, uh, Bill Clinton's Secretary of Defense, William Cohen, said this. And this is one of the very few public statements by high-level uh, people in the Defense Department. Others, meaning terrorists, are engaging in an ecotype of terrorism, whereby they can notice this, alter the climate, set off earthquakes, volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. So there are plenty of ingenious minds out there that are at work finding ways in which they can wreak terror upon other nations. It's real. And that's, why the, that's the reason why we have to intensify our efforts, and that's why this is so important. Now, I never thought I'd agree with anybody in the Clinton administration, but in this case, I have to give this guy a hearty amen. I hope they are following his advice, which he gave like eight years ago. Now, these are a totally new reality in military combat. They can project electromagnetic or electrogravitic energy to any place on the planet at will. Distance is no deterrent. Since they're faster than light, the energy is projected to the target in nanoseconds, which is so quick you don't even know. It's less than a wink of an eye. Like these scalar weapons are therefore capable of destroying anything, anywhere. Land ordnance, in other words, tanks, jeeps, even entire military bases, naval vessels and even submarines, and of course planes, jets, and ballistic missiles. Uh, they can be directed at an individual site or location. They can even be targeted to hit human targets, even in shielded rooms or underground bunkers. Now, imagine this. You could put the President of the United States five miles underground in a room that was lined with a foot of lead on all six sides, and they could still turn him into a crispy critter in less than a second. So any kind of shielding is meaningless. They can also be aimed at a pie-wedge arc, arc of the sky to take out large number of aircraft at once. So, for example, here we see the, um, the scalar weapon in the center of the horizon line. You know how you, uh, the horizon appears to be a circle around you as you look at it. And if there was airplanes coming in there, you can see like between 11 and 12 o'clock on the, on the chart. All they have to do is fire the weapon, and every airplane, every bomb, every missile that's in that, that range 
of that wedge would just drop to the ground and be totally useless. Then all I have to do is turn it a little bit and take care of the you know, 12 to 1 o'clock, so to speak, then the 2 to 3 o'clock, and, and so on and so on. So the whole, the whole sky can be wiped out of any kind of incoming fire in just a minute or two with this kind of weaponry. To make matters worse, these weapons also can generate an electromagnetic pulse, just like nuclear weapons do. And I know many of you understand, because uh, there's been articles about these in the newspaper and so on, that if a nuclear weapon goes off, especially in the air where there's nothing to impede it, uh, it sends out this pulse that will instantly fry any computer, any microchip, I mean, it, like your cell phones, if you have a pacemaker, any kind of electronic device is basically history and irreparable at that point. Well, there is shielding for that. Like, for example, we're told in the Defense Department, in the Pentagon, and NORAD or whatever, they have computers that are hardened, that are shielded against this kind of EM pulse. But the problem is there is no shielding against a scalar EM pulse. So basically, if the Russians chose to do so, they could essentially turn off every computer in America with a flick of a switch. Tank warfare, totally obsolete at this point. I mean, if you have a tank that, um, that is out there and you hit that tank with scalar weapons, instantly all the men in the tank are going to die. They're just going to drop down dead. The fuel in the tank will explode. The weapons in the tank will explode. And all of the electronic equipment in the tank will instantly be, the term is used, dudded. In other words, it will turn into a giant dud. And then there will be nothing left of the tank. And that's what military analysts call a K-kill. In other words, there ain't nothing left, folks. So bye-bye to the tank. Now, how are these weapons powered? Well, as already mentioned, vast energy can be pulled from the vacuum state. That's called zero-point energy to power these scalar transmitters. But never leaving any the chance. I mean, the Russians are very, very compulsive about things. So they have also sunk 27 separate power taps deep in the earth, all over their land. And remember, they have a huge amount of real estate. I mean, I think the Russian, even without the rest of the satellite nations that used to be part of the Soviet Union, they cover eight time zones, the, the, the nation of Russia. So these things sink deep in the earth where they can draw on what is called telluric energy. Now, that may be a word that's not familiar to you, but it's the energy that we can pull right out of the earth. Now, how does that work? Well, as many of you may know, the center of the earth is a molten core of iron, basically, and nickel. And it spins. Now, the mantle of the earth, which is the hard part of the earth, and we live on the surface of that, is going a different direction. And as any person will tell you, that creates a generator. The earth is a giant electromagnetic generator. And this produces what's called the magnetosphere, which is a sphere of electromagnetic energy around the earth. And that's why, for example, you have a compass that points north, that points to the magnetic pole of the Earth. And that's why, it's because the Earth has a giant magnetic field, and the Russians have figured, well, actually Tesla originally figured out how to draw energy from this giant field. Now, I mentioned Tesla. We're going to get into a little bit of historical background now. Uh, a gentleman by the name of E.T. Whitaker, way back in 1903 and 04, wrote papers beginning the ideas of energy from the vacuum and scalar interferometry. Now, that's 100 years ago, folks, more than 100 years ago. This, these ideas have been out there, but this guy was regarded as a heretic, and so was the next gentleman we're going to mention. I've already mentioned his name, Nikola Tesla. This man 
was probably one of the greatest scientists of the 20th century and also one of the very least appreciated. He was decades, if not centuries, ahead of his time. He was a Serb, born in 1856, and even in, in a young age, he distinguished himself as very brilliant. For example, in school, they thought he was cheating because he could do integral calculus in his head. Now, I'll tell you, folks, I don't exactly even know what integral calculus is. I know I, in college, I flunked out of the class that I was taking in, in that subject. So this guy is obviously, you know, smarter than six different humans. Uh, anyway, at age 24, he developed the plans for what would become, six years later, the world's first induction engine. That's a technological advance that would change the world of elect electricity. He also came up with the idea for an AC or alternating current motor. Nowadays, basically every, everything that almost everybody uses is AC current. This guy was decades ahead of his time. Uh, he had discovered and was using a new type of electrical wave. He repeatedly stated that his waves were non-Hertzian and his wireless transmissions did not fall off as a square of the distance. Now what does that mean? Well, what it means is, is that like if you're driving in your car and you're listening to the Prophecy Club on the, your favorite Christian station, okay, and if you're getting, driving away from the radio station, what happens? You start losing the signal. You start getting static, and then finally there's nothing left. That's because radio, regular radio, radio waves fall off as the square of the distance. His waves don't do that. His discovery was apparently so fundamental and his intent to provide free energy to all mankind was so clear that it was responsible for the withdrawal of his financial backing, his deliberate isolation, and the gradual removal of his name from all of the history books. So in other words, this guy went down the memory hole because his great dream, he had two great dreams. One was to produce free electricity for everyone. He arrived in 1928 in New York City. He had only four cents in his pocket and some of his mathematical equations. He also had a letter of introduction that would enable him to meet the master of electricity, Thomas Alva Edison. I tell you, I would have liked to have been in that meeting. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall. But anyway, when he met with Edison, he tried to convince him to use AC power. Now, Edison was running on DC current. And he saw AC power as a competition. DC means direct current. So Edison did what everybody did in this situation. He hired the guy hoping to co-opt him. Well, that didn't work. Tesla was too noble for that. And Tesla soon resigned from Edison's company and eventually managed to get financing to start his own. He then developed the principles for AC power generation and transmission that are now used all over the world. Fortunately, I'm sure many of you have Westinghouse appliances, you know, something like that. The guy who started that company, George Westinghouse, believed in Tesla and helped setting, financing him. Here, for example, is a photo of Tesla. He's a gentleman on your right explaining uh, his model of a rotating magnetic field to Westinghouse engineers. Uh, here's the deal. Finally, with Westinghouse's help, Tesla built his power station in Niagara Falls. Uh, but Edison wasn't going to let this happen. And so he used dirty tricks. He used marketing wars. He used everything he could to try and destroy um, Tesla and Westinghouse's work. And at the same time, in comes J.P. Morgan. Now, J.P. Morgan was the consummate bankster of his generation. This guy was like the most powerful man in America, economically and politically. 
And he, he, he's the guy who helped put together the Federal Reserve, by the way. Just so you know, he was kind of a skunk. And anyway, he weighed in with Edison and joined forces with Edison, and they just started to squeeze Westinghouse. And in order to save Westinghouse, Tesla graciously gave up his rights and all of his royalties, the inventions that he achieved under Westinghouse, and backed out of the company. So that's the kind of guy he was. He was very altruistic, very generous, very noble. Some people would say very stupid, but he was very smart about electricity. Look at some of the stuff he achieved. He developed neon and fluorescent lights. He explored high-frequency electricity. In 1891, he patented the Tesla coil, which is really now the only thing you'll ever read about in history books about Tesla is that he invented the Tesla coil, and that was probably the least of his achievements. In 1890, he developed short-range wireless power, and he was on his way to building the radio. He had developed the ability to send out radio waves and he was about to test those waves with uh, transmission 50 miles away to West Point, New York. Unfortunately, there was a mysterious building fire and it destroyed his work and that really slowed him down. And so along comes Guglielmo Marconi, who instead got to the patent office first and he is the one who's credited in the history books with inventing the radio. He came up with more amazing inventions. In 1898, he, in 1898, he came up with the world's first remote-controlled boat. It was a, equipped with what he called a borrowed mind, and that was the birth of robotics. He worked to develop broadcast power through the air. In other words, just in the last 10 or 15 years, we've gotten to the point that we can send, like we can have wireless mics and wireless other things, and now we even have wireless Internet connections. Well, he was doing that a century ago. In Tesla, in, in public, I'm sorry, Tesla speculated about ways to use electricity to control the weather. And this is where we start moving into the scalar dimension. He also believed one could draw energy from the Earth itself to achieve virtually infinite electrical power. And his dream was to have a little box, not much bigger than a bread box, that he could, you could put in any house in America, and that that would draw power from the earth and give every home in America free electricity. He said this to J.P. Morgan, when wireless is fully applied, the earth will be converted into a huge brain capable of response in every one of its parts. No wonder J.P. Morgan was scared of him. During World War I, Tesla conceived what would become radar, but could not get the financing to develop it because all of these people were telling everyone he was a nut. He, was also, he also warned about what would become V-2 rockets and guided missiles. In 1931, Tesla told the press he was on the way to developing an entirely new source of energy from a new and unexpected source. 1934 New York Times headline, Tesla at 78 bears new death beam. The article reported that the new invention will send concentrated beams of particles through the free air of such tremendous energy that they will bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy airplanes at a distance of 250 miles. Tesla stated the death beam would make war impossible by offering every country an invisible Chinese wall. That was his utter dream. He wanted to stop war because he'd seen what happened in his own homeland with war. And he, what he wanted to do was give every country this invisible shield that would prevent it from being invaded or attacked by enemy aircraft. What set Tesla's proposal apart from the usual run of fantasy death rays was his unique vacuum chamber. And it was, had one end open to the atmosphere. He devised a unique vacuum seal by directing a high-velocity airstream at the tip of the gun to maintain high-level vacuum. 
The necessary pumping action would be accomplished with a large Tesla turbine that he developed also. Tesla dreamed that his concepts would make war obsolete. He tried to go to the U.S. government with this, the Department of War. They weren't interested. He tried to go to the British. He tried to go to the French. He tried to go to the Germans. None of them were interested. Unfortunately, the Soviet Union was interested. And they wrote him a check for $25,000 and began work on his concepts in 1939. Now, you've got to remember, back then, Russia was supposedly our ally. This is right at the dawning years of World War II. Just before his death, in 1843, he issued a statement that he had indeed perfected his death beam. But right after his death, his nephew, Sava Kasanovich, went in his room and found that all of his papers had been rifled through, many important things were missing, and a black notebook was missing that had hundreds of pages that Tesla kept, including a lot of pages that were marked government. The FBI came in, our wonderful FBI, and they said that uh, the government was vitally interested in preserving Tesla's papers. Yeah, real good, now that the guy's dead. You know, they wouldn't pay attention to him when he was alive. Two days after Tesla's death, representatives of the Office of Alien Property went to his room at the New Yorker Hotel and seized all of his possessions. See, Tesla never became a U.S. citizen, so he was considered a resident alien. Most of his remaining papers eventually made their way to Belgrade, Yugoslavia, where a museum was created in Tesla's honor. And because at that time they had the communist Tito regime there, all access from Western scientists, Western analysts was shut off. But of course the Soviets could look at anything they wanted. And that brings us up to date, or more or less. Now we're in our modern era, and as early as 1960, Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev referred to his nation's forthcoming scalar weapons. He addressed the Presidium, and he said this, We have a new weapon, just within the portfolio of our scientists, so to speak, so powerful that if unrestrainedly used, it could wipe out all life on Earth. And now, in retrospect, we think that was probably a reference to the early beginnings of scalar weapons. Didn't take them long. The tip of the EM iceberg was that they used electromagnetic weapons against the U.S. Embassy. They bombarded the U.S. Embassy with microwave beams. And as a result, two U.S. ambassadors died of cancer. And many other people in the embassy were rendered ill and got lesser forms of cancer. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. These, the, the Russian uh, military was not shy about using these unconventional weapons. And all of them were a whole order of magnitude under these scalar weapons that we're talking about this evening. Now, realize, most of you know the Manhattan Project was this enormous effort that the U.S. government put into toward the end of World War II to develop the atomic bomb and beat Hitler to the punch. Well, when the Russians went to work on scalar technology, they invested the equivalent of seven Manhattan Projects. So imagine how much progress they made. The first time we have any evidence that the Russians used scalar weapons militarily was in the incident of the USS Thresher. That was one of our nuclear submarines, and it went down very mysteriously on April 10, 1963. It was never found. The reason why we think this probably was scalar is because, mysteriously enough, one day later, near Puerto Rico, there was a mysterious underwater explosion. Now, the, the authorities checked with the seismologist. They checked with the geologists. There was no earthquakes. There were no underwater volcanoes. There was no explanation for this, this odd explosion. Soon after that, we began experiencing various downed aircraft. Uh, and then, finally, 
in April, May of 1985, now this is 20 years ago, they brought their entire power grid online. They had their entire scalar weapons defense system up and running 20 years ago. That's when things really started happening. In November, they, for the first time, they started tinkering with one of our space shuttles. In December of that year, they took down an Aero DC-8, which was a military aircraft. In September of 97, they took down several Titan 34D missiles. Now, these were several things. They were testing the ABM mode of scalar weapons. In other words, the ability to be an anti-ballistic missile weapon, to take out missiles. But they were also doing another thing. They were kind of pinging or tweaking our intelligence services, our military, to see if the military would go, gee, that looks like scalar weapons to us. But they didn't. And there's no evidence that the military had any clue of what was going on back in this time frame. Then there's the whole issue of weather. Um, this has already been mentioned by Stan and also by Tesla. The idea that you can use scalar waves to control weather. You'll notice that particular Doppler weather slide there. You see that kind of odd thing down at the bottom off the coast of South Carolina. Well, those, those odd finger-like things, according to people I've talked to that are in the uh, retired U.S. Uh, Air Force radar people, that is a sign of of uh, scalar activity. They, they created the deep freeze of 1967, which was really pretty awful, and they began full-bore weather warfare on our country on July 4th, 1976, our bicentennial, and it has not abated since then. Now here you'll see, these are just examples. This is a map of the United States. I'm going to interrupt right there, but I'm going to encourage you to get this information. Either go to prophecyclub.com and order the disc, or go to watchprophecyclub.com and watch it instantly. 20 bucks a month or $200 a year to watch some 300 different DVDs. What a deal. Watchprophecyclub.com or prophecyclub.com. It's called Russia's Secret Weapon to Defeat America. This is Prophet Leslie Johnson calling everyone to come to the solemn September Assembly, September 6 to 8. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com. I'm calling you. I'm calling you from the north, south, east, and west. I'm calling all the intercessors. I'm calling all the prayer warriors. I'm saying come forth. Come forth and unite as one in one accord. Come forth. Come forth and lock arms. Lock arms and be united. I'm calling you in. I'm calling forth the finances to the Lord to the people. I'm calling it forth to them right now in Jesus' name that it would fall from the heavens and fall in their laps. And they say, this is a gift from you I was not expecting. I am here. I am here. I'm calling you forth right now in the name of Jesus. September 6th, 7th, to unite with us in the name of Jesus. There's more authority when those that are like-minded get together and lock those arms. That locks those arms and say, you enemy, you will not get past. You will not win. We declare in the name of Jesus, all of us prayer warriors in the name of Jesus, we declare right now, you lose. You lose, devil. You lose. Jesus wins. As a prophet of God, I call you in. I call you in. Make a way. Make a way. He will make a way. There seems no way. He will make a way. I know some of you are saying I have to work, but God will make a way. Watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com. 
September 6 to 8. Watchmanstrumpet.com to get signed up. When a nuclear device goes off, it produces an EMP electromagnetic pulse, and it fries every computer chip unless they're protected. The good news is EMPShield.com has devices a military testing facility says are 100% accurate to protect against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. And they come with simple installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV, and electric generators. You can have electricity in a blackout. EMPShield.com. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card. This helps Prophecy Club. That's EMPShield.com. Promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card. EMPShield.com. EMPShield.com. The worst thing is to find yourself in an emergency and you do not have the food. But the second worst thing is to open the food you bought and your family won't eat it because it is garbage. That's the reason so many people get HeavensHarvest.com food because it's really good food, edible food in an emergency. It may be 10, 15, 20 years down the road. All of a sudden you do need it. You can open it and your family is going to eat it. HeavensHarvest.com. Put in the promo code STAN. It helps your prophecy club. HeavensHarvest.com, promo code STAN. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports prophecy club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k. So tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. 